0: I want to ask though, uh, what made you watch this movie in the first place? I, well, I, it dropped on Shutter. Well, I know that's a hell of a question for me to ask, right? Uh, given the things I've asked you to watch, but I, I, I gotta know. So, I mean, you're you're browsing because right. you had, you had no no awareness of this movie before. You just saw the 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 picture on your streaming service and you click play.
1: No, I had some awareness of it. I've seen a poster of it before. And one of the scenes that's in the film was on 101 Scariest Moments, which was a Shudder thingamajigger. And yeah, so I was kind of familiar with it, but I don't really remember that being like excited about it until Shudder dropped it. And I read that it was like, you couldn't watch this movie for years. It was banned, it went through like copyright issues and. Was
0: it just copyright, or was it like
1: No, it, it or, was a video nasty, and okay. it was a video nasty in Britain. And then, of course, it doesn't feel like a video nasty. Well, it it fucking
0: was. They they didn't. I mean, I know I know why they would put it in there, just because yeah. of the nudity and the
1: yeah. What
0: what word? I, <laughs> because of the nudity and the tentacles,
1: madness. Stuff. Yeah. And the
0: tentacles and the yeah. The neglected child? Like I, I but it but it doesn't have the tone mm-hmm. of of most of those old like exploitative, skin flicky horror yeah. movies, right? No, it doesn't It, does it th- has the tone of like a Stanley Kubrick film, right. which is part of the reason it doesn't work,
1: but I think I and it was released once it was released here in America it was extremely edited. So Which probably made it it means it made even less sense, less sense than yeah. it did. <laughs>
0: In its original so, form, I love this, which movie. I could see being a problem.
1: I love this. I love this movie, and we talked earlier. Love is a strong word, Levi. It I love is, my kids, but it's also the theme of this film. One of the the many is themes. It? Yeah. <laughs> Do you really? Think yeah, we'll talk about that. <laughs> I don't know. I'm ready to defend myself on <laughs> okay, that. Well, you're gonna have to. I love this film, and I love it because, as what we were talking earlier off mic, so very rarely now do I find a film that like shakes me because I watch so many films of the genre, <laughs> and this one really shook me, bro. Like, it sticks with you really hard, and no pun intended there. It's, it's, it's a tough watch, you know. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. And of course, we're talking about, I'm sorry, we're talking about Possession, which I believe was released in 1981, starring Sam Neill, which is, you know, of course, one of our favorites here on the, uh, the podcast. We've covered Mr. In the Mouth Sam of Neal, Ladies and gentlemen, we've covered In the Mouth Madness. So did we cover, cover another film with him in it? Event Horizon. Event Horizon, of course.
0: Of course, of um, course. It's all- One day we're going to get around to covering the best horror movie he was ever in, which is Jurassic Park.
1: Yeah, that's not a horror film. It is a horror film. Well.
0: I can defend that.
1: We might get around to it. At a later date, I will. It also stars Isabella Johnny. Dude, she's amazing in this film. She's also in She the Vampire. She's beautiful in this film. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we're going to talk. I can't wait. All right. The, direct, the director's name is Zalowski. he was yeah. he's a polish surprise. he went through a divorce shortly before <laughs> oh we're, we're gonna finish this movie' just gonna jump to that already yeah he oh did. you can't there's still way around it I know but I want I mean I wanted to to get to that point but yeah he actually did go through a divorce before as, he made this film
0: as a as a cold War tone poem about the emotional devastation of a romantic betrayal and divorce mm-hmm I won't say this movie makes sense, but but you get it. Yeah. <laughs> man. Can, I mean you can you could if you watch it just for that, mm-hmm. just for like those all those wounded, suspicious, paranoid, mm-hmm. horrible feelings that, yeah. that happened during a romantic betrayal, I think you can sort of you can sort of ride its emotional wave. God, I sound like a hippie. Yeah, you know, man. You know, in this, in this movie, it's just, it's just ideas and feelings. Mm-hmm. There's no... Oh, no. I'm not going to say there's not a plot, but insofar as oh, there no. is a plot, it doesn't help anything.
1: Oh, no. Jonathan hates it, guys. Oh, no. He's hidden this from me until right now. Oh, no. and Listen, <laughs> I watched it again today because I wanted to like it.
0: <laughs> no, I really did. I was like, I love yeah. Sam Neill. Yeah. It was, this movie was made in the 80s. Yeah, I know. Which means that I... I really want to like it, mm-hmm. but this is this is what happened. This is this movie is what would happen if you took Suspiria, right?
1: I, it does have Suspiria vibes.
0: And then Werner Herzog rewrote it.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And then who directed it? And then like David Cronenberg directed. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's sick, isn't
0: it? <laughs> and then and then somebody <laughs> went is. through and then somebody went through and took out a half hour of like plot stitching mm-hmm. that explained everything.
1: Oh. Jonathan's one of those poor people who has to have everything explained to him in a movie. <laughs> it's,
0: it's not true. It's not true. I'm willing to be teased to a degree, mm-hmm. and I'm willing to do some legwork during a movie, although not much, because as I've said many times, mm-hmm. if you want an idea, read a fucking book. Well,
1: okay, so, and I love that. I'm glad you're talking about this, because I somehow wanted to work in something I'm pretty passionate about right now. And that the fa- there's a movie out right now that people are watching and, and are feeling... V- very strongly about one way or the other. It's it's polarizing. And it was made for fifteen thousand dollars. I'm talking about the movie Skin of a Rink. If you haven't figured that out, it's on Shutter now. Which I I did not get a chance to see. I dis- but Levi's seen it. He's been talking about it since he saw it. Well, and not not necessarily in a good way. But I but I love the. But fact you're intrigued. I mean, well, yeah, it's sparking a lot of conversations, and and it's super polarized. And you
0: admire you admire the swing it took.
1: Right, I really do. And but I rewatched it last night for my birthday and I, I it just solidified my stance and the feeling i had when i first walked out of the theater you talk about something that doesn't really have a fucking plot this possession seems like a masterpiece in plot compared to skinner rink and, and, Skin and Marink, one of the best explanations i've heard for it is that it is a student film that somehow the pretentious got a hold of and Every, I'm sorry. Wait, if, if you wait, like this movie, it, you're, you're if, implying if, that students can't be pretentious. <laughs> well, no, I'm in, I'm implying that pretentious people with money and who have influence in the film industry, okay, have picked up on this. Uh, congrats to the guy. He, made, he he did it for fifteen thousand dollars and made eight hundred thousand dollars in one weekend. Congrats. That's and why I, people make. I horror commend. Movies. I That's commend Why him. people make horror exactly. movies? Exactly. I know. I understand. That's why my brother and I are making horror movies. Which, by the way, you can watch on YouTube Flight Short Film. Oh, oh,
0: you guys put a. Wait, 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 wait.
1: You didn't see it on social media? You guys,
0: you just, you're wrapping up your third film and you just put the first one on
1: YouTube? First one just got on YouTube, yeah, yeah. Listen, wait, wait, wait. Does Tyler know that if you put things on YouTube, people will watch it? Yeah, he does. (laughs) (laughs) He hates that, dude. (laughs) Come
0: at me, Tyler. Anyway. Come at me, bro. We're away from, we're (laughs) away from,
1: we're away from possession right now, but. I just feel so strongly about Skinner of Rink. I, One of the takes I've, I've also heard, and I highly agree with, is it kind of feels like it's a hoax played on the horror community. And I don't, I don't like that. But anyway. We got
0: teased in high school. We don't want to be teased now right. in our, our home genre. Right. I'm almost done.
1: Watch it. Or I highly recommend watching the shorter version of the film that's created by the same guy. It's called Heck, and it's on YouTube. That is fantastic. There is no reason for that to be an hour and a half long. It's 20 minutes on YouTube, and it's well worth the watch. Anyway, back to Possession. Possession, to me, does have a plot, Jonathan, and it is about a lot of things, and there are reasons that some of the things that you might think are out out of nowhere, there are reasons that... That they are there. Actually,
0: I'm going to revise what I said before, though, while, you, mm-hmm. while you, you pull that up. It's not like Werner Herzog wrote it. It's like the Coen brothers wrote a horror movie and David Cronenberg directed it
1: without knowing
0: it was supposed
1: to be funny. Oh, I don't think it's funny at all. Uh, no, it's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think this movie's funny at all. But it's... Re- Jonathan. <laughs> so this movie's really about division. All right, I know, I know. Well, that's what I want from a movie is a math lesson. Well, it's not, it's not a math lesson. I mean, it's also, it's really about the madness of heartbreak. So, in that way, it's, it's division. Heartbreak or betrayal? I think it's because they're different. Well, I think it's heartbreak because that's that's what I, I, that is different. But I think our protagonist Mark, if he is the protagonist, that's another thing. Is it is it Sam Neill or Elizabeth? Or Isabel A Johnny's character. But the fucking Berlin Wall is is shown quite a bit. So you did say yeah, the, the it's, Cold War. Yeah, it's set in West Germany. There's which, that physical yeah, of course. division there. So I think the idea of that, if you're going with that, it's dude, I didn't know what this movie was about. There's that shot in the beginning where he's talking in that like boardroom Why is boardroom. he a spy? I don't, is it, that what he is? Yeah, he's a spy. He's a spy. He's a spook. He oh, works I mean, like he's doing shady shit for the government. Well, I just thought he was like a PI or something. And yeah. that makes well in the like West Germany. Yeah, yeah.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Which during does. the Cold War would have mm. you know West and East Germany were probably the spy capitals of
1: the world. That shot that where he's sitting across from those like. Six dudes, and it just circles them, and then comes in and like goes he, he out. Love been, that show. He could have been an accountant, and
0: this movie nothing changes. Yeah, I know the fact that he's a spy is for, for a spy. He gets his ass kicked awfully easily by his wife's boyfriend.
1: Yeah, Heineck. <laughs> <Hi>, <laughs> yeah, he's what like a character. the original
0: metrosexual in West fucking. Jer- I don't understand.
1: He reminds me if you've ever seen High Fidelity. He reminds me <laughs> if of, I've ever seen. Re- right, right. It reminds me of Tim Robbins' character. <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> Just, uh, rings on his fingers. Imagine
0: getting beat up by that Funny character. You could.
1: Smells. You could never walk into another room where men uh, were again. Uh, that's not true. There are scenes where the two of them, the couple, Sam Neill and Isabella, Johnny's characters, are opposite each other, and they don't even face each other. Like that 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 first meeting in
0: the restaurant, the restaurant. Where yeah, was yeah. That weird mirrored wall in yeah. the corner between them, yeah.
1: And then... I, t-
0: I gotta tell you something, though. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know if... I like the idea of a restaurant where the where the maitre d' and mm-hmm. the kitchen staff are ready at an instant to tackle a guy who gets out of hand.
1: Yeah. I mean, they did. They were They, were, they were right there, yeah. <laughs> he got to turn over like two tables. That's true. And then they were and right they there on his like ass. Again, yeah.
0: for a spy, mm-hmm. not a lot of physical prowess. I understand that's not right. a spy's first job, but I would think that you would have to have some hand-to-hand skills in the event you were discovered.
1: But he's so like, yeah, I'm not going to try to, I'm not going to try to make sense about something that shouldn't even been highlighted, you know, but th- there, there are a lot of mirrors in this film. And then we have their doppelganger characters where the teacher, I believe for the character's name.
0: Yeah. That, is where Helen. I, that's yeah. where the train really leaves the tracks. Cause for the first I didn't have a timer, but for the first fifteen minutes or so, aside from the weird fucking intro, which should have told so hard. you the in the 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 credit sequence should have <laughs> I should have known what was gonna happen. But the credit sequence is confusing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Because at first you just get big title letters, which is fine. And then there's that weird suspiria like intense color.
1: Mm-hmm. There's a lot of color used in the film and, and then, then there's absence of color used it, in the then film then
0: it drops you in gray ass West Germany mm-hmm. and there's no and for the first 15 minutes or so it, it it almost seems like a straight-up relationship drama
1: yeah it does
0: and and it's like and for the first 15 minutes it's just it's just like oh this poor man is being destroyed by a
1: horrible woman. Well, he's kind of horrible too, buddy. Oh, he brought home a briefcase full of cash. How horrible could he be? Well, he's abusive. They're both bad. They're both bad. And was he abusive before she cheated on him or <laughs> That's after? That's no excuse, John. <laughs> Jesus. Helen Helen
0: has green eyes. I'm not, I'm not saying it's okay. Yeah, I am saying it matters. Right. <laughs> and, Whatever. And t- just in terms of like how much you're going to condemn the guy.
1: Well, it's true. Sam, Sam Neil Mark is not necessarily a sympathetic protagonist, but he is because he's the one we get to see going through all the pain. There's that, there's that shot where he like goes on a bender for like three weeks, and he's literally in his bed just rocking back and forth. It's like a drug. withdrawal. The only
0: part of the movie I related
1: to. It's like a drug <laughs> withdrawal, right? Like, oh yeah, and and he's having he a drinks, drug withdrawal. He drinks himself sick. If you've really had your heart broken, bro, that. That is really what it's like, man. Like it is, and you don't have to be so, it's not so melodramatic. No. And it, but But it feels like that. And man. in that way,
0: what I will call the extravagances of mm-hmm. the plot. Yeah. In that way, of course, like I said, is a tone poem about betrayal and heartbreak. Yeah, I sort of get it, but it's two fucking hours long. I and know. poems should be short. Uh,
1: it's a film, Jonathan, it's a film. <laughs> no, it isn't. Unlike Rink. <laughs> no, you should watch Rink. and then we'll come back and do this and then you'll be like, "Levi, you're absolutely right." <laughs> it was a We watched the film. It was a paragon of concision and and clarity. Oh my god. So, it's a lot so there's a lot of duality of a relationship in here and like the codependency and all that shit, like when she when she slaps him and he's like do it again, <laughs> you know, like, and then when she like gets cut, he cuts himself, you know, and it's just, yeah, there's a lot of codependency. Yeah. Feelings that don't feel so warm and fuzzy. Do why they? Why is of? the kid in this? The kid, why is the kid in this? The kid, Oh, the kid adds that extra layer of fucked up. And I, and I always, I've been asking this a lot lately. Why, why, why are there cho- so much, cho- so many children in horror films? And it's because it. Well, adds I know that, the answer to that. Well, yeah, it adds that extra layer of danger, as an extra layer of fucked upness too. Like, well, no, but it's because it's the most horrible thing that can happen to a person. It's the most horrible thing
0: you can do too. Sure, the most horrible a, thing you can yeah. do is to harm a child, and the most horrible thing that can happen to you as an
1: adult is to see one of your own right. children harmed. Right, and she, <laughs> she just leaves and goes with Heinrich, and she's kicked Mark out, and so she leaves the baby. She leaves the boy by himself. She, he's like four years old. She leaves him by himself for like three <laughs> it's weeks.
0: It's like the moon's out. Mama's got to get railed. See you later. I don't understand what the fuck is happening in this movie.
1: Man, she just tried to get digged down and and she left her child because she just wanted to do that with Heinrich The guy with bad food smells.
0: Heinrich, Heinrich, who beats up the spy again. The the Sam Neil is a spy, and he (laughs) he doesn't win a single fight in this. Bus boys take him down. Yeah, a sous chef takes him down. Yeah, Heinrich. Yeah, takes him
1: down. There's some. I'm surprised the lady doesn't beat him up. Well, the late. I mean, lady's pointless. Uh But the not the lady. The Heinrich's mom is pointless in the movie. I barely even remember her.
0: Doesn't she kill herself?
1: Yeah. And it's over, it's over, like, it's so dramatic. Anyway, but, and I don't remember, I don't even know why I don't remember it that well. Maybe it was <laughs> just, it didn't matter. Maybe because gets, if yeah. you
0: excise it from the movie, the movie loses and gains nothing.
1: Which, by the way,
0: right. is one of my things. Like, if, right. if you can take out 30 minutes out of a movie and it doesn't change the movie for me as I feel a viewer, that. then. Why were the thirty minutes in there? I feel I feel that way about a lot
1: of films. What, where
0: on what basis were the editing, just the editing decisions mm-hmm. made in this movie? You're sitting in, in the, the director, editing bay, like back in the day.
1: Mm-hmm. This director really wanted to, to to say something with this man. You know, he was fucking pissed. His own country wouldn't even let him back in. That's <laughs> you know, and he just went through a divorce. She life left, doesn't want him. Country doesn't want. Him. Yeah, she just left him for another man, just like in the movie. You know, hopefully uh, not just like in the movie. Not just hope in the movie. Oh, just like, oh yeah, yeah, we're gonna get there. This movie is when she when when Sam Neill's doing what he does on the bed, and when she does her famous subway scene. Guys, if you haven't seen this scene, it is hard to watch.
0: You know what? If you want some, some great Subway scenes, you need to watch Chud. Yeah, C-H-U-D. Sure. Oh my Cannibalistic God. Humanoid Bringin Underground Dwellers. Bringing it back.
1: But it's... our episode. It, it, it's what it's like to lose a part of yourself is kind of what it seems. Like, she's tearing part of herself out. He's doing the same thing. He's losing part of herself. It's yeah. like, she's being torn apart. It's manic. This whole movie's manic. She's just horrible. She's not, though, she's dude. She's just oh, horrible. You mean the the the... The character, or the, yeah, okay, because the actress is awesome. The acting is amazing.
0: No, no, no. She, oh yeah, as an actress, I yeah. n- I'm nothing against her at all,
1: dude. It's nuts. Like she threw her whole self into this. Like, and then, you know, there are scenes. Uh, both of them mm-hmm. have these freak out scenes where yeah. it's just like, well, everything is screaming, and they're they're throwing their arms, and and Heinrich is over flamboyant, and everything's exaggerated. Well, there's a reason for that. And that, that's from the director. It's mannequin melodramatic because it's a Polish Polish acting technique where the actor expresses everything in the script with their whole body and voice. And the person who came up with this technique, his name is Grotowski. And I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. And the director had seen a Grotowski play and was heavily influenced by that. And would even have... The director was heavily influenced while he was watching that play. Well, yeah. I mean, Jonathan... People can watch theater and be moved. Not no, sober.
0: Not, no, yes, of course you can Maybe watch, not in 2024. Of, of <laughs> course you can go to the theater.
1: The theater. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And be moved. I just don't think but that's going to happen when you're sober. We like have a job. We see what the character. Right. <laughs> trust me. I got the fucking degree in it. I'm not to poetry school. I'm just throwing shit. We see what the characters are feeling. Not exactly what is happening. And so that's why I feel like it's, it's overdramatic. over That's
0: not a movie. Yeah, it is. Seeing what oh. the characters are feeling and not what's happening? Jonathan. That's not a movie. Yeah, it is. A movie is what's happening and you see what the characters are feeling through the the plot of what's happening. All right. Well, do you want me to get through my notes <laughs> or not? I'll, Should we just no, cut it? No, like. I want I want to ridicule every one of your notes. Please. All right, I'm going to con-
1: I'm going to continue. So, most fun I've had all week. <laughs> I'm glad. So, her doppelganger, her doppelganger, her doppelganger uh, again, her name is Helen. The main character's name is, is Anna or Anna. H- Helen is everything. It's what Mark wants out of his wife. She's motherly. She knows how to, she likes to cook. She likes to clean. She, she likes to have, you know, she likes to be wooed. It's Mark like wants her because, and she looks exactly the same actress playing her, except she has green eyes and like bangs. And blonde hair, I think
0: pains is a noun or a verb?
1: Well, both, actually. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you pointed that out because that is the difference on why Mark wants her. I mean, she's not sleeping with somebody else like his wife is either. <laughs> For
0: me in a relationship, that's a big draw.
1: Yeah, yeah. His doppelganger is what which which comes and becomes apparent at the end. His doppelganger is what she wants out of him, which is basically just a dumb, wordless fuck machine. And <laughs> that's true. Like, like you look into, Oh, like, thank,
0: thank, you know, I've been looking for a title for my next book of poems. Oh. <laughs> I think I Dumb, just, wordless. I think I just fucked machine. <laughs> Great. I lo- I just love modern art. You go ahead.
1: Okay. So they, so his, <laughs> so Helen has green eyes and it, that might be a nod at Shakespeare because from Othello, jealousy is the green eyed monster. Here's the line from Othello. Jealousy, it is the green-eyed monster. Oh, I hate you for pulling which Shakespeare. Doth mock <laughs> Jealousy, it is the green-eyed monster <laughs> which doth mock the meat it feeds on. <clears throat> which is, honestly, what happens in this film also. So we're, we're about to get to the, to the good shit. Thank God. Yeah, yeah. The monster and her doppelganger have green eyes. The monster is what she births out of herself in the subway.
0: Which is... Her which, ideal lover,
1: right, which ends up being husband after it gestates, right, in her apartment, right. It becomes a tentacled monster with with one green eye and like a few teeth. It can kill, but she fucks the shit out of it. And it's not it's it's not like anime porn style. It's just it's just weird. Like it's just fucking <laughs> As we weird. Say, yeah. Practical effects, right? <laughs> it's very practical, and there's lots of like white fluids. Please stop. And I'm having a flash And red fluids. It is disturbing as fuck, man. But Here? Man, there's that Lovecraft knot I was waiting on in this film, you know. Ding
0: ding ding ding. I'm
1: <laughs> yeah. um, so glad we got to it. Yeah, it's it's dramatic. It's a lot. It's crazy. Heinrich and Mark's relationship or it there's a lot of homosexual tension there. And your theory is it's because Sam Neill is just so goddamn attractive. In who who wouldn't Feel
0: sexual tension with Sam Neil.
1: I mean, you know, you're in the room, just the two of you. He's so young in this movie. He's so fu- he's a baby. He's so fucking handsome. <laughs> like he's he's too handsome. Like he's creepy looking man. Like and it works so well for the film. It does. He, he he's so handsome. He, he has that weird uncanny valley effect. Like yeah. he's not a real human being. Yeah,
0: right. <laughs> <laughs> and part of that's also the effect that he he puts on because you know his character's a spy. Yeah, and I guess you could argue that that mm-hmm. makes sense to the plot because he was more alienated naturally. Yeah. Yeah. Then somebody lies about what he does for a living, right? right. So, right. It's, and, and obviously, romantic betrayal and alienation all have that similar kind of flavor, right? Mm-hmm. Do you, like you said, you're divided. You've been divorced from something.
1: Yeah, fucking divorced. I hate fucking saying those things about any of this. I lo- I love that you finally did. We'll we'll get we'll get to some some things that you might like. There's also some very dramatic blocking, which is part of the uh, melodramatic. Almost feels like a play where they like walk around each other, and then of course there's the. But the see, restaurant. I, I object
0: to that. Insofar as like there are legitimate movie making techniques in this
1: yeah. movie, I object to them being used. It's written by a man, obviously, because there's like trauma for the sake of trauma, and recently went through a divorce. The the director did, and that's obviously made that way.
0: You should tell the men's rights movement online about this movie because I think. I think they might like it. Oh, I'm sure they do. <laughs> I'm sure they have a
1: lot to say about it. That, that whole men going their own way thing, I think, yeah, they, would yeah, li- I think yeah. they would like this movie. Yeah. One of the critiques is, and this is probably what you were talking about, uh, her as, a, she's terrible. She, she wants a divorce, but for monstrous reasons. <laughs> like, they're, you know, she... Isn't her main complaint, I'm bored having sex with you? That's what it seems like because they don't ever really get I, into. I can't remember the exact phrasing she, she misses used, that like was... excitement. You know, it's dull. She has a kid. You know, and, I, and I hated shit. her.
0: I hated her the first scene she's in because Sam, Sam Neil he gets out of a taxi with all of his luggage. Yeah, back for some work trip. We don't know what it is yet. Mm-hmm. But the, the, and you, but you immediately get the vibe that they're estranged. Like there's there's something not yeah. right between them. But, but it's like he's asking her where she wants to go to dinner. Yeah. What do you want? Yeah, yeah. What, what do you want me to do? Do you need? Yeah. Do you need more time? Yeah. What, what are your feelings? I don't. I don't understand. Yeah, yeah. And she won't say anything. She won't say get back in the cab. She yeah. won't say Thai food.
1: She uh, yeah. yeah. She doesn't make it easy on him. It's it, I will be the Alex Jones the horror movie <laughs> podcast. No, don't. I don't want that. No, I just meant You don't want that. I just meant the yelling. Oh yeah. Not not the rest of it. Jonathan's kind of scary when he yells. I find it funny cuz I know he's kid. I know he's just fired up and I like a fired up Jonathan. But so, so he's uh, better than the mopey one. Right. But I but like also <laughs> the so, of course, the monster ends up becoming Sam Neill, and Sam Neill discovers Sam Neill. And, That's always and, awkward when yeah, Sam
0: Neill discovers Sam Neill.
1: Yeah, and there's some violence involved, and and the original couple ends up dying in each other's arms, while the doppelganger couple goes on to rule the universe and the world, as we know, it. I'm sure. I'm I,
0: so I gotta sure. tell you, everything you just said, we uh-huh. need to go to Wikipedia and edit this movie's page. Right. And replace the summary with what you just said. <laughs> because their summary is more detailed but it doesn't yours gets the vibe that was just kind of
1: like yours gets the vibe well it just ends and it's like i mean i love it i i really do I, you know i love this film dude like you know you know you knew watching it that Levi probably loves this shit like it's so messed up and and over dramatic and to me dude it i don't i can't stress enough how it really felt like what you feel like when you've really been heartbroken you know that lady this went viral this week some lady got broken up with on a flight <laughs> some of your airplane shit. I, I didn't see this. oh no you didn't you missed it some lady got broken up with on a flight and she lost her mind i mean she went i cannot wait to watch this insane and she's screaming and crying and people are you know guffawing and eye rolling and i get it dude you know, don't you? Can't react like that, dude, in public. Well, not on a plane. You can't. You can't let somebody make you react like that. No, you got. You got to save that up and make them pay for it later. But this fucking dude breaks up with her mid-flight. Like that's not smart. Like that's stupid. Well, he rolled the dice, didn't he? Because you know did. what he was thinking. He's like, she can't freak out on a plane, right? Right. <laughs> Boy, was he wrong. <laughs> Oh man, was he wrong? <laughs> she she can't throw a fit on a plane. I kind of feel for her though because it's like you're up you're 30,000 feet in the air and you can't get away from the situation. You're a pressurized too. Right, that you can't get away from a situation that you obviously just want to run away from. Your boyfriend just broke up with you, you know, like there's no escape though. You're sitting right next to him for the next god knows 3 hours, 4 hours, 5 hours, who knows how long. And so I kind of felt for her. The, the internet just trolled the shit out of her. But they oh, trolled, that poor woman. But they trolled her him too. Yeah, I, it's I like figured, what the fuck are you doing, bro? I mean, yeah, the internet's um, not going to let the man off. But but yeah, it's it's just oh man, it was so terrible, and it's just terrible and and entertaining and, and funny at the same you time. This movie could have used <laughs> mm. breakup scene on a plane. Breakup scene on a plane, maybe less tentacle sex. I don't know. You know, I never want to take tentacle out lovecraft. of a movie. I got to be honest. It's the Once Lovecraft. Once they're in there,
0: they're just they're just in there. Here's the thing. Here's the thing about the tentacle monster. Mm-hmm. Have you seen? Do you recall in, mm-hmm. in the history of your movie watching? Yeah, seeing a uh, an earlier and I mean chronologically in the history of, of the development of movies, mm-hmm. seen with a tentacle monster in a
1: bedroom. I've never. I don't think I ever have. I'd have to go back and watch Dead Alive. Were tentacle monsters a tentacle thing went. in
0: the seventies? I don't think they were.
1: They not had, even in Japan. No, <laughs> yeah, Kaiju's always been maybe not ten- tentacles. That wasn't tentacles, right? No, I mean I don't know. I feel like I tentacles. I I maybe thought, I should have done more yeah. research on this. But but Lovecraft
0: do, wasn't enough of a thing of a thing in the early 80s.
1: No, Lu- Lovecraft started getting popularity in the early 80s when the Call of Cthulhu role playing game came out. How do I know that? Don't ask. But 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 but, no, but not to catch a movie that early. No 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 no. But like this. I'm just wondering where the inspiration. This came. also would have predated that game. Because I, but don't tell me, dude. Like horror nerds know Lovecraft. Like it doesn't matter how, uh, you know, ten- tentacle monsters are fucking creepy. No matter who, re- like, no, it's you like, can come up with a tentacle monster without no, ever of hearing course, of Lovecraft. Of course,
0: multiple people can come up with the same idea. Just like you know, different
1: branches of evolution can come up with the same structure, given enough time. Studies show you want. You ready to learn about marriage, Johnson, <laughs> and divorce rates? Of course. When not to get married is this chart. So this is a good one. Are we talking about a person's age or like a yeah, time in history? This is this is your age. Okay. Your age range. According to a work blog and, oh God, what other website was this? Oh, sorry. com. If you get married before the age of 20, you are way more likely to, to get a divorce. So between the ages of 15 and 20 are the highest risk. If you get married between fifteen and twenty, you're seventeen, part, right? y'all. There you go. Oh whoa, oh whoa. Then it kind of just goes... starts it's to go never going to work. So it starts to go down from there into this valley where it gets deepest at about thirty. From there, it starts to go back up. So, I guess the chart doesn't apply for it's your first or second or third marriage. But I'm assuming that's why some of these go up. So if you get if you wait, so let's see. If you get married at the age of 35, you're more likely to get a divorce than if you were married at the age of 30.
0: Well, isn't so it it all the just, way up to 45. You have to put up with the other person longer the earlier you get married. I think so, too. I <laughs> think like so, too. If you get married at 45, how long do you can right. you reasonably expect to have to put up with somebody? 20 years? Right. I mean, the good news is, is that life expectancies in America are going down.
1: They are. If you're in a bad marriage, you don't have to suffer as long as you might have previously. Right. I don't want to age myself, but I'm about halfway there now. I, I hear you. It's, exciting. <laughs> it's exciting. I'm about halfway done. Guys, <laughs> I see the finish line. Yeah, this is the
0: Marathoners talk about, yeah. man, when you see that finish line, I know, bro. it's like you got new legs.
1: It just takes over. New legs. <laughs> oh, man. But I, li- I like what you were talking about there. And have you ever heard of pre, you know what premarital cohabitation is? Um, it's a big word in the relationship. My mom right now.
0: said that's not okay.
1: Yeah. No, it's, that's the, it's when you it's live together before you're married. Before you're married. That's a, pr- that's a predictor for divorce. Right. And they cannot figure out why. So more and more people are doing it, but it doesn't, and at an earlier stage, but it has not changed the divorce rate. So according to Rosenfeld and Rossler, which are, they're like relationship experts, um, they stand by their conclusion that the average increased risk of divorce associated with premarital cohabitation is mostly unchanged over the last 40 years. Even though we're doing it more and more, it's still... Looks yes, like like, it has the
0: same prediction You're like
1: 70% more likely to get divorced if you've lived together before you Why were married. Why
0: do you think that is? Come on. Come on. Throw a theory up. I don't just know. pull something out of your ass. That's what all social science does. Nobody <laughs> <don't> verifies <laughs> any of their fucking studies. I don't
1: Yeah, they do. It's <laughs> no, know, they scholarly and, journals.
0: And when they verify them, they don't hold up.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, it's true. that's true. That's science. So you, you got, but that's science. So you're supposed to prove. Into STEM. You're supposed to find the stuff that's wrong with it. And get better. That's kind of part of science. You find something... No, absolutely. You know, but yeah, I don't I don't know why that is. I think it could be you... Maybe life was so good when you were first living together before you were married, that once you get married so, and you live together, there's no...
0: Here's an idea. What if it's like a self-blame, self-hatred thing, mm-hmm. where if... If you live with somebody before getting married, and then you get married, yeah, you you spend the rest of the the rest of the marriage telling yourself like you knew what was going to fucking happen. Yeah, you lived with this person. Yeah. What did you think was going to happen just right, because you got right. married? That everything was going to change? Whereas, you know, if you've never lived with a person, mm-hmm. you know, you don't have that because you have no idea what's coming, and so yeah. maybe it's easier to forgive both yourself
1: and the other person. And the other person. A little psychology. You're more likely to get a divorce. You are, hold on, 79% more likely to get a divorce if you are dating the friend of, a, of your friend. Or if you're married to a fr- like your friend introduced you to this person and they're their friend, you are more likely to get, a, 79% more likely to get a divorce. If a friend hooked you up? Right. The degrees of separation actually matter. So like the more degrees of separation you have with your spouse... The longer your marriage, <laughs> for some reason, lasts. But not in arranged marriages. And they have a better success well, rate than well, non-arranged marriages. Well, arranged marriages if, are like, gunpoint, point, you can't well, get no, no divorce. But not, no, not always. I mean, yeah. that's
0: that's like the old line on them. But yeah. some arranged. I mean, I'm not necessarily defending them because I have no knowledge other than like the statistical knowledge of them. But mm-hmm. a lot of them not only report less divorce, but more happiness overall. Less like disagreement. Yeah. And they think it... One theory is that, well, it's like your your family is mm-hmm. arranging a marriage with another family, basically. Oh, it feels it's, like a community thing? Yeah, it's not as much about just the two of you. You, yeah. Like, it's like your your family is arranging a marriage with another family, and in doing that, they're looking for a family that's basically like yours. Right. In values and in, okay, in most yeah. ways. Like, I see so that. So you're, you're getting paired off with somebody who's already got a mm-hmm. ton in common. Mm-hmm. And it, it very much is like this social, it's like, you know, it's a marriage of families, it's a marriage of... Anyway. Yeah. So it... And not to say that necessarily just not getting divorced means that you've had a successful right, marriage, right. because obviously other things matter too. Just ask Sam Neill.
1: Right. <laughs> <laughs> so as millennials, you're going to love this because you're not a millennial. As millennials near 40, because the oldest millennial is not even 40 yet. They're 39 this year. What's your next? Um, they're approaching family life differently than previous generations. Oh, that's shocking. Yeah, 3 in 10 millennials live with a spouse and child compared with 40% of Gen Xers at the comparable age. You guys were just doing what the boomers were doing. Is what the numbers look like.
0: Well, it seemed like a good idea at the time. So, but also when, you know, people of my generation were were hooking up or whatever deciding whether to get married, they still had this idea that they might one day buy a home.
1: Yeah, we don't have that hope.
0: And one of the things that drives me crazy about every piece of bullshit cultural criticism about the millennials or the Gen Zers or the – well, you know, it's this—it's mm-hmm. always the same, like, shitting from on high, mm-hmm. is that nobody wants to be honest about the fact that most choices are determined by economics because free will is, you know, not exactly a thing.
1: Yeah, and also kind of just take some responsibility on what you, what that gener- – you know, some certain generations – I don't even want to go into it. The boomer versus millennial thing is irrelevant to me now. I used to get pissed off about it, but...
0: I don't want to... You know, I don't I
1: don't have any blame for people for taking advantage of, like, the good times. Mm-hmm. That's why you want good times. Yeah. I learned something today I didn't know. I thought they were just referred to as... And this is it's kind of sad. I thought they were just referred to as the greatest generation. That was World War II. That's right. not the... That generation is known as the silent generation. <laughs>
0: All they did all they did was defeat the Axis of Evil, mm-hmm. then quietly take their enormous fucking trauma yeah, yeah. from having defeated the Axis of yeah. Evil, go home yeah. and build families and of the greatest economy the world has ever seen. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but they weren't great parents, bro. You know. You don't think? I'm not talking about the boomers, I'm talking about I know, the, the silent I know, I, generation. I, well, I just know that my my grandfather just didn't even really talk, dude. You know, and when he did, it was a very matter-of-fact, serious thing. I know, it's just so you know, weird to me. Just,
0: yeah, no, no, no. And, and I, I
1: understand why. I'm, that's not against him. No, you and know. My,
0: my dad was a member of that older generation because yeah. he was in World War
1: II. Yeah, that's true. You, you he, was, went, he, was
0: old. he was older when I was you born. Skipped the, your family yeah.
1: skipped the boomer generation. So, yeah. you
0: know, we had a greatest generation guy and then like a Gen Xer because mm-hmm. he managed to eke another two yeah. kids out. But no, I remember that, like from thinking my dad was different, just because of like again, they don't didn't talk much. Yeah. You know, getting him to talk was like a thing. Yeah. And certainly didn't want to talk about that. But I don't here's something that bugs me. Is just the idea that that the not talking mm-hmm. or the stoicism mm-hmm. or the not being in touch with your feelings or whatever the fuck people mean now when yeah. they say that it was admirable was necessarily a great deficiency. You think it was admirable? I'm just not sure it deserves the amount of shit it gets in this. Let's all share our feelings Uh, time.
1: I think it's important as, as a society and as a human being to be able to get your shit out and not hold it in because I know what holding in fucking does. And it's led to, Decades of alcoholism and child abuse and spousal abuse. Talk about it. Get your feelings out. Got some really good books and movies, though. Get a therapist. We got some great movies and books about those very things. But I I want to bring... Silent suffering, hard drinking men. I want to bring this up. The silent generation started getting married and having kids, it looks like, at the youngest age, 15 years old. I was I was
0: just two years behind them.
1: Right. The boomer generation started their average age to get married and start a family, 31. Gen X, your generation, average age 34. Losers. (laughs) Who needs that long? And right now it's looking like millennials will be forty five before they reach the number that y'all did. Or the percentage. of, Of of having children. Of having children and starting a family. Yeah good luck doing it when you're that tired yeah i know i'm not i'm not doing the number one cause uh, what do you think the number one cause for divorce is the number one reported cause what is the (laughs) it's the leading cause of divorce how like i would say financial stress you think financial stress is the leading cause of divorce Okay. I don't know if that's, that's a good one. I don't know if that's what people say, but that's what I think the lead. That's to like number two. That's like number two. I was just going to talk about number one, but that's like number two. Is it infidelity? It's mer- It's infidelity. Yes. That high? It's no surprise. <laughs> that, really? that is the number one. What, the number one cause. What course. am I doing? Where do people get this energy? <laughs> I I right. Or time. Or time. Oh.
0: Oh God! Um, and then you got to talk to somebody,
1: right? According to a study from the American Association for Marriage Jesus. and Family Therapy, you got to fucking
0: talk to somebody. You got to you're gonna have to talk to a stranger <laughs> and try to make yourself seem, you know, other than you are attractive. Yeah. Like make yourself seem like the light inside of you isn't like on its last two flickers. I can't. I don't have the time for
1: <laughs> that. <laughs> okay, so again, according to a study from the American. <laughs> Association for Marriage and Family Therapy, as many as 25% of married men and 15% of married women have had extramarital affairs. So, with that knowledge... Uh, look, wait, stop yeah, there.
0: Yeah. Do you think those numbers are accurate? Yeah. Those are, yeah. Does, that, does that feel right to you in terms of the number of people on either side of the sex spectrum who actually cheat?
1: Yeah. I think it's higher. You think it's actually higher than than what this says? Oh, okay. I thought you were about to argue that it's lower. I think it's higher. <laughs> well, Cheryl, Cheryl and I were talking about this one time. We were like, "Why is like every movie or show we watch have the one of the characters is having a fucking affair?" Like in everything. I know it's sexy and it probably sells because it's sex. But like why is that? And, and we 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 thought, "Well, I think it's just kind of what it goes on in our society now. Like people just don't, they don't fucking divorce. Well, they, they get, they cheat yeah. on you before, or you cheat. But or I also whatever. think it's the most
0: <laughs> get myself in trouble. It's the most, it seems to me that it might be the most like relatable sin. The average person in a relationship can imagine. Oh, you mean like she'll understand. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, okay. I, I, I mean, I think it's, it's, it's like the, the least bad, that the average person might imagine doing. Oh, okay, okay. I mean, insofar as it is a dreadful thing it's to a do, betrayal. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. it's a dreadful thing to do, mm-hmm. right? Right. But it's also the sort of thing that
1: it's it's the sort of thing people fantasize about, mm-hmm. which is why it's in all the movies. Well, polygamy shows. Polygamy's on the fucking rise. That's shown. But that's not cheating. No, it's that's not. A, I mean, it is. Be- it's, a system, but it's a system. It's a vi- system in which what you would call cheating is. It's normal, not a betrayal basically. when you're when you're.
0: No, when it's, it's much better when somebody says, I'm going to stab you in the stomach, and then stabs you in the stomach,
1: versus just stabbing you in the stomach. Yeah. It's, it's fine as long as you tell I him don't first. know. I don't know. Would I want to know that the stab was coming? No, I if don't If I get stabbed? Like, I don't know. That's a good question. Well, only if you can get out of the way. Right, that's true. Because right. you're going to feel pretty dumb for not getting out of the way. That comes, with that information in mind, a study led by the American Sociological Association determined that nearly 70% of divorces, 70% of all divorces, are initiated by women. Well, yeah. And so, Is that surprising to you? No, not with the numbers that we just read. That most men, more men cheat than women do when they're married. It also doesn't surprise me because I think for well, men it's a status thing. Well, Let's be clear about what that study's saying. More men admit to cheating.
0: Oh, than than women than, do. okay. Yeah. When asked right. by a study, I don't. I think. I think more. That's men what that cheat study says. I'm not saying it that it's definitely the other way. I'm just saying yeah. that's what that study says.
1: I think men are dogs and they cheat more than women do. But that's just my own opinion. I have no like actual, I think know, research yeah. to back that up. But other than what that, what what that fine institute just told us, but that's a fine institution. I also think that for... It's like in uh, in Departed, where Alec Baldwin is telling Matt Damon it's a good thing that he's getting married because but he says, quote, most women see that ring on their finger and they know somebody can stand you and your cock must at least work. At least somebody can stand you and your cock must work, is what he says, yeah. So I think for men, it's a status thing, and that's why they don't initiate divorces as much as women do. also think... Women are a little more willing to stop something bad happening to them than men are. Like, men are kind of self deprecating a lot. Men are like, it's
0: a train wreck, but it's a slow one. Right. Right. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> I mean oh God <laughs> It's the way nature made us yeah. oh my god. But yeah, I think that that has something to do with it. So But yeah, this movie really stuck with me. Again, I, I give it like four out of five. I think it's it's awesome. It's not easy to watch. It's not for most people. I don't know if you know, Luke or Caleb would even get through it. You know? No. It's hard, dude. <laughs> I, it, I That's could, a challenge. I could imagine a challenge you both. I could imagine advantage. a
0: small group somewhat drunk
1: yeah oh no fun with this i feel like that would be worse like i'd get sick you think i'd get like motion sickness actually that's a fair point Uh, yeah maybe not never mind don't do that but yeah i think it's a i think it's a fantastic movie and i and i knew i was gonna like it as soon as i saw sam i like i've said this put sam neill in it nine times out of ten i'm gonna fucking love it oh but did you see that note about steven spielberg liking this movie no i didn't know that no
0: yeah. In fact, it, a lot of people don't know this, but the Sam Neill's character in Jurassic Park is actually it's a sequel. Sam Neill's character in Jurassic Park is the doppelganger. Oh, it's it's,
1: it's the, Mark the, Doppelganger. It's the, it's the doppelganger. The monster.
0: Yeah. Oh. It's it's the well, it's the the you know, the the, the crystallized tentacle Monster. Yeah, the,
1: right, right, right. The
0: rejuvenated. The, yeah, the, the rejuvenated yeah, tentacle yeah. monster, Sam Neill. Right. But right. so yeah, so obviously the do, doppelganger needs a career change. Right. But think about it. Think about how obsessive and paranoid Sam Neill is about the chaos theoretician hitting on his girlfriend. Right. Like his eye, because he's got don't, that same, he's don't. got He's got that same obsessive, it's the same guy. He's got that same obsessive nature. Don't. He remembers what happened. He remembers that, he remembers that betrayal. And so he's super worried about it. And what does he not want in this relationship? Kids. He does. Because what happened? What happened when he had a kid in his first marriage, the Levi? He killed himself. What happened? When the kid drowned? The kid drowned himself. E- everything, everything, everything so went something to we, hell. Something so, we skipped over. He goes to paleontology school, mm-hmm. and he meets this <laughs> nice blonde lady, and everything is fine. Yeah. Until what? Until Elon Musk shows up. Yeah. <laughs> with his billions of dollars,
1: and his need to do something nobody should ever do. Oh man, dude! In Jonathan's universe, every mo- movie is connected, <laughs> and so every character that any actor has played is essentially that same character. So what I'm saying is,
0: is, first of all, Levi, good on you because you and Steven Spielberg obviously have similar tastes, which I guess, I guess you can credit yourself with. I don't know. And, oh, and just to let everybody else know, if you haven't seen this prequel to Jurassic Park,
1: feel free to check. it You're out. not gonna get the last installment of Jurassic World if you don't watch this. wasn't
0: prequel. Wasn't my
1: favorite.
0: This wasn't my favorite of all the Jurassic Park movies. First of all, Jeff Goldblum is not in it. (laughs) He should have been
1: Heinrich. I know.
0: (laughs) That would have been awesome. But he wasn't available. He was doing the fly. He wasn't European enough either. (laughs) But he could have acted that way. Don't you dare tell me that Jeff Goldblum, back in his prime, couldn't have pulled off a swarthy European. Oh, he could have. Yeah, he could have. He would have have taken that shirt down three buttons. The actor's
1: name that played Heinrich is Heinz. So that's fucking, yeah. (laughs)